Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, Faithful Life. Are we excited to be in the presence of God once again? God is good. He's already in this place. Hallelujah. We're also welcoming those online this morning to have an awesome time in the presence of God. Amen. Do we all have a good Christmas? Amen. God is so good. I feel his presence here already. Amen. God is already working miracles for some people in here. Two people came here with sickness in their body. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now that if you really stretch in and just get into what we're going to do here today, he's going to heal your body. Somebody came here that you experienced confusion in your mind. Every time it seems like a fog, some kind of a fog begins to happen and you begin to experience like some kind of, you know, unclarity. The Holy Spirit is touching you right now in the name of Jesus. Some people are here, they are afraid for their children. Your children is going, is transiting to college and you're afraid because of all the things you hear out there. But the Holy Spirit is telling you today, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid of anything because he is with you. When God is with you, that's the ultimate. Nothing can come against you. We're going to have a great time in God's presence today. Amen. I give honor to God for this opportunity. He's giving me to stand before you this morning to share the word of God. Also to my pastors. Amen. Pastor Evan and Pastor Priscilla. Great gifts that God has given us. We thank God for their lives. Also to my awesome wife, Sister Tammy. I know she's trying to hide over there. But this woman, I'm telling you, man, I thank God every day for this woman because you all see me sometimes. People think because they see me with this stature, I'm so bold and mm-mm. She keeps me, man. She gets me straight. I thank God for this woman. She's an awesome woman of God. I also thank God for all of you here today and those online. God has a word for you in the name of Jesus. We're going to take a moment and pray as we go into the presence of God. Father, it's time for you to do that which you want to do once again in our presence. We have no ability of our own. We trust in you. You know what the people need this morning, Father. You know what needs to be said. You know where their lives hurt. You know what, where you want to touch them. Those online, Father, you know their needs this morning. You said we, you don't tell us to gather just for gathering. You tell us to gather because there is something you want to do. So this morning, Lord, we stretch out with our faith that you will do something new in our midst. Father, this is the last Sunday of this year. We are all about to turn into another year. And there are great expectations. We all have expectations, Father. I thank you, Father, because our expectations will not be cut off. We give you praise and glory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Well, again, it's my honor to be before you this morning. And um, this word I'm sharing with you, God has given me this word for quite a while. And really, this word is, I can just call this word just the summary of my Christian, or my life, not just my Christian life. 
The title of what I want to share with us this morning is called The Overcomer. The Overcomer. You know, um, amidst all that is going on in our world, Pastor has been telling us a lot about it, you know, just trying to encourage us. We know about the pandemic. We know about a lot of people who have lost people this year. So many things have happened. Even my father-in-law passed this year, and I love that man so much. My wife lost her dad. A lot of us lost people. People lost jobs, sources of income. All kinds of things happened this year. You know, and we are still here. And there's a reason why we are still here. Because God has kept us. But you know, what God wants us to have today is this mindset of the overcomer. We're about to go into the new year. The whole thing with the vaccine is already causing controversy. People are not sure, do I take the vaccine? Do I not take it? There are con you know, conspiracy theories going out there. All kinds of stuff are going on. And everybody's expecting a transition to a new government. People are like, well, we're on the right side. You're on the left. And all this stuff is going on in our world. All this stuff is going on. And everybody is sensing the need to see God move and to do something. But God wants to help us to have an understanding this morning. It's so important that the people of God have a knowing of God. It's not enough to hear the word of God, but it's God wants us to know him. The Bible talks about Jesus becoming flesh. He became flesh. The word became flesh. God wants the word to become flesh in us so that you wake me up from bed, right away I, the word comes out of my mouth because it is me. This is how I live. This is what I do. This is what God wants. And for us to get to that place, we now need to begin to learn to be, have this mindset of the overcomer. You know, I told you that Really, overcoming has been the summary of my life. Just like you guys, I've been through all kinds of things in my life. A lot of pain, a lot of abuse, addictions, all kinds of stuff. There's nothing going on in this room right now that I haven't had to face myself. Growing up without a dad, sometimes having suffered lack. All kinds of things we can talk about. Being mistreated, being abandoned. And we all sitting here today, we're in good company. Because everybody here, somebody else has also experienced what you're going through. And what you may still be going through today. But God wants you to have this mindset of the overcomer. You know, um, some of us have sickness in our body. And we've wrestled with sickness. You know, I keep sharing and I'll keep sharing about it. For several years of my life, I, I never knew I was going to even be 30 years old. Because I was struck with this sickness that almost took me out. And that really was the plan of the enemy, to take me out with that sickness. But God kept me. But it was a struggle. I won't try and give you this story like it was easy. Just like in your lives, some things take a while. Some things we have to go through them. It's not always quick. It's not always a quick fix. I don't know if I'm going to get to the scripture I just want to mention at this point. In Hebrews, the, the, the hall of fame of faith, talking about all those who did great things by faith. I might not get to that place in my message, but in verse 32, if you read from there, it talks about Gideon, Jephthah, Samson, Barak, all these guys that did all these great miracles, who turned the flight of the aliens, who delivered people, who set people free. 
But if you read further down, I believe from verse 35 or 36, it talks about some people who were sown in two. It talks about some people who were destitute. Some people who could not receive their children coming back to life. But the Bible says at the end there in Hebrews, it says, but all these, all of them, they all used their faith. So it wasn't in all those situations that they had a miracle come real quick. Sometimes we go through things in this life. Sometimes they are difficult. Sometimes, like people who lost people, who want, nobody wants to lose people. But we go through tough times in life sometimes. But God assures us that we are the overcomers because we have him. Because we have God, we know we're going to overcome. God has a word to encourage us today. God is so good to us. You know, another thing that raises question about this whole thing about overcoming. The promises of God's word in Revelations, and we're going to look at a few verses there, are for the overcomer. It's all about the overcomer. Whoever overcomes, Matthew 24 also, whoever endures to the end shall be saved. It's all about the overcomer, y'all. It's all about the overcomer. In these days we're getting into, God has given us ammunition. He has given us the equipment to overcome. Now, we don't just want to have the ammunition or the weaponry or all the things that we need. We want to become those things. And it's by hearing God's word and by doing things that God has already laid out in his word. He helps us to become that overcomer. So whatever life throws at us, even though it's difficult, we don't quit. We don't give up. Many of us are here today because people prayed for us. People didn't give up on us. They told us that. People told us, mocked us out there saying, you, you think you're going to make it? Look at the kind of person you are. Look at your behavior. You won't make it. Some people from growing up, they say, telling them, you will never make it. But God, but God, he's been watching over you. He's been keeping you. He's been strengthening you. He, even when you want to quit, he still helps you to keep going. God is so good. Let me show you a few places. I have so many things, but Holy Spirit, he knows what he's doing. Revelations chapter 2. Let's look at a few verses. I was talking about the fact that even the promises in the word of God are all for the overcomer. You know, here in Revelations, um, uh, Jesus was talking to John and giving him some scriptures. Let's read in verse 7 here. The Bible says, he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise. See, it's all about the overcomer. Look at this verse here in verse 11. Further down the same part of scripture. Go to verse 11. He said, he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Look at verse 17 there. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name, written which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. There are so many more scriptures like that. These were written to seven churches in Asia Minor then. John wrote this, being given by Jesus, this vision. To tell, to tell these churches that they were doing some good things, but they were saying things that God still expected them to do. But if they did those things, then God will help them to be overcomers. These, these are things for us to just kind of begin to look at. 
You know, when we talk about overcoming, we are talking about being able to subdue, being able to conquer, being able to prevail, being able to have victory over those things in our lives that are trying to take us away from God. What is it in your life today that is so challenging that almost wants to make you go away from God? If God is so good, if God is everything we need, what is that thing that is trying to take you away from him? You know, I know what it means to be lonely. I, I, I was there because I didn't get married in time. <laughs> and just to kind of, you know, make it a little bit lighter, I remember there was this girl I was trying to get with um, back then before I met my wife. And the Holy Spirit told me, don't go to Florida. I wanted to go to Florida to go see. I've shared this before. Some of you must have heard me say this. And I said, man, God, if it's you, tell me again. You, you know how we do, right? We know, we know God is talking to us, but because we don't like what he's saying. So now we are like, God, tell me another way. He told me another way. Then I said, okay, God, beyond any reason, let me know, let me know. Then he gave me another way. But I still went to Orlando. Then go for his message, right? Because if that plane crashed, who knows what will happen? I went to Orlando. But what, I'll tell you why I'm sharing this. Now I got to Orlando, I was on the phone. The girl I wanted to go meet, she was there. And she was like, oh, where you at? I'm like, I'm right here in the, in the, in the airport. Where are you? She said, I'm right behind you. And I look, I don't see her because she's right here. <laughs> Do you all get the joke? And, and then I, I kind of looked, I was like, is this the person I've been talking to for six months? Now there's nothing wrong with her, but God knew that that wasn't my wife. And, and I was like, and the moment I saw her, I was like, God told me she wasn't my wife. <laughs> you all get me? I said, God told me she wasn't my wife. I was like, oh my God. Now, thank God I didn't ruin that girl's life. But you see, sometimes we act fast. But we need to understand that God knows what we want. And he knows how to get it to us. Now, sometimes we have to wait for it. I had to wait. Finally, when I met her, I took that trip to Heathrow Airport in London. And, you know... It's history now, right? But God knows what we need. God knows what we want. What will make us happy. Now, some of the places in the scriptures that the Bible begins to tell us about some of these things, we've talked about a few of them, that need, we need to overcome. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. These are parts of scripture that we are really familiar with. And I'll just touch them quickly as I move on. 1 John chapter 2, if you read in verse 15 here, the scripture begins to tell us, it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So the Bible didn't say don't like things, but it says don't love things in this world. It says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love the things in this world, the Bible says God's love doesn't dwell in you. It goes and it says, for all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, the Bible is telling us that these things, these are some of the things in our lives we have to make up our minds to overcome. Yes, some of them will give us a pull, but we have to make up our mind that we are going to overcome these things. When we talk about the lust of the flesh, we are talking about things that our body needs. God made us with sex, sexual drives. 
God made us to want to eat food. But if those things get to a place where they take God's place in our lives, then we're going to run into some trouble. I know what it means to be lonely. I said that before. Some of us, we don't have a partner, and we're believing God for a partner. I still remember some of those days back then. I would go into an H-E-B, and people would hit me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still alive. <sighs> because I've been by myself for so long. You feel me? I was by myself for so long, and people are rushing in, and like, oh, I feel so good. People don't want to go when there are a lot of people there. But when you're by yourself, single, many times, that's when you are happy to go at that time. Because at least you feel you're among people. I know what it means to be lonely. I know what it means to struggle with an addiction. I know what it means to struggle with health issues. I know what it means to be attacked by the enemy. I know the church doesn't talk much about that anymore. But many people have spiritual attacks in their life. But nobody talks about it no more. I know what it means to be attacked of the enemy. I know what it means to pray and be in warfare with the enemy consistently just to get my freedom from him. I know, I know how that wears you down. Spending time in prayer to make sure, the Bible tells us, Ephesians 6, that our wrestling is not with human beings. Our wrestlings are against evil forces that are in this world. People don't talk about it anymore, but let me tell you, they are everywhere. And they want to take you out. That's part of what we need to overcome. You need to get the things you need to a point where now you can overcome the things that are coming against you. Young people today, they are being attacked by so much. So much. They don't even know who they are anymore, many times. And I will talk about that in a second. But you know, the Bible tells us all this is the lust of the eyes. You know, oh, materialism. I want that Givenchy bag. There's some names now, I don't even know them anymore. Giorgio Armani, those are old school now, right? I know there are all these new names from France. Oh, I got to get that bag. It's $15,000, I gotta get it. You know, I remember just before the Black Friday, I was in St. Marcos in the outlet mall, and I just walked, you know, my wife went to where she went, and I was just walking in front of the Gucci store and all the other stores there, and I was like, man, I was looking at people. I looked at them, I looked at their shoes, I looked at what they were wearing. Can this person really afford what they want to go buy? <laughs> That's pretty much what I was kind of doing. And there's nothing wrong with having good things. But when good things begin to have us, that's where the problem is. When you take the good thing you have that God gave you, and now you go use it for a Giovanni or, y'all give me names here. And you buy that. And your rent is gone. I know people who will spend everything. They got the PlayStation 5. with Their paycheck was gone with the PlayStation 5. See, that's what he's talking about, the lust of the eyes. I got to have it. I got to have it. I, I, I feel you. But I told, I had some guests over during Christmas, and I told them, what God taught me is to ask myself, how can I afford it? Okay, I want this thing. Okay, but how can I afford it? So sometimes I'll do certain things online, transactions, do some certain things to get the extra money I want to use to buy something I want for myself. I don't take it from my income or from the family. I take it from me using my brain to get what I want. I actually bought a PlayStation 5 myself. <laughs> now, now, let me tell you, I didn't buy it for myself. I bought it to trade. I made some good money from that thing. God gave us wisdom, right? PlayStation 5 was the only thing. People were buying it for three times the price. I'm not a fool. 
you feel me? That extra, extra thousand dollars, I can do some stuff with that, right? Take care of some people, take care of my people too, you know? Do some stuff in the church. God gave us wisdom. He talks about the pride of life. That status, you want to be seen as important. I'm the man. Everybody has to respect me. God said the pride of life. These are the things in this world that many of us are still struggling with. All of us, we have areas where we still struggle with some of this stuff. But God wants us to get to a place where we overcome these things. Now again, the Bible also tells us, Pastor shared with us in Mark chapter 4 about the sower who went to sow those seeds in the soil. And those, the seeds fell in different soils. Now he told us about many of the things that the Bible tells us that happened to those seeds. Because where they fell, many times was either on a stony ground, by the wayside, places where they, the word of God could not grow. Basically, that's what it is. So they got the word. The soil was people, right? Those soils are different kind of people. Now, some people are the wayside people, wayside. Now, they got the word, but the word, the word that was planted, which is the seed, could not do anything in their lives. Some people, the word fell into a rocky ground, and when it fell into that rocky ground, it couldn't hold. So after a while, the word died. See, God doesn't want that in our lives. He knows that there are things we are facing, but he wants his word to produce in our lives. He wants his word to help us to overcome. So those soils in Mark chapter 4 tells us about these different things, the cares of this world. There are cares in this world, yes. We have to pay our bills. We have to take care of our family. We have to do all these things. Some of us are taking care of our older parents. I know what that is like. It's tough. Some of us have, you know, different responses, especially when you're middle-aged. The middle-aged people have to do all kinds of things. They have their own children. They're taking care of the, old, the parents. You know, they're doing all this stuff all at the same time. And it wears you out sometimes. It stretches you. But God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed to a point where we can't function anymore. And now I have to go, go back to the pipe. Or now I have to go back and take that marijuana again. Or now I have to go back and go watch that explicit stuff. Because those devices are going to kill the life of God that is on the inside of you. Many times people go to those things because they are trying to look for comfort. Food. Pastor talked about 21 days of fasting. I know some people are like. <laughs> but we, we, we talked about the lust of the flesh, right? We don't want that food to control us. Do what you can. Pastor never said, you must do it like this. Do what you can. Do what you can. Challenge yourself. Do what you can. Challenge yourself. Do what you can. That's what it's all about. Make some progress. It's 2021. Do something. Put some seed in the ground. Do something. See, God is faithful. Whatever a man sows, if you sow time with him, if you sow time in his word, if you sow time praying, you're going to reap the harvest. You will reap the harvest. I've had people give me things sometimes, and it shocks some people. But I told them, I said, I sow myself. I give stuff to people myself. When I see people, and God kind of puts it in my mind, and I know what to do. So I'm not surprised when people give me stuff. Because I do the same thing. So whatever we sow, those are the things we reap. So all these different things are the things we have to have. Now in Mark chapter 4, some of the things that made those soils not produce was things like tribulation, like affliction, 
suffering. When we go through a hard time, some people are like, you know what? I have had it with this Christian life thing, man. Let me go back to the clubs. I know, I know what the clubs are like. I know. You know, if, if God will give me grace, I want to have a Christian club later in my life. I really do. Because it's, there's something the club provides that is the, that's the, it's like money. Money can be good or bad. It's what you do with money. Sex can be good or bad. It's what you do with sex. Now, I can have a club and we do things that glorify God in the club. So it's what you do with these things. Now, but the enemy, he always knows how to take advantage of us. And they get into the club, they shack up, they do all the things they do, and at the end of the day, the enemy, is, he is having his way in their life because he set it up in such a way that they will not be able to get closer to God. So it's not the club that is the problem. It's what is going on in there. So you look for an alternative. There are so many things that are good that we can enjoy. We can switch several things and make them worthy of God and worthy of God's kingdom. Some people like entertainment, the entertainment industry. You can distinguish yourself there. If that's your goal, if that's what God has called you to do, if that's your purpose in life, you can go into that field and really make a difference. Talking to one of my little uh, nephews recently and he was telling me about Lecrae and some things Lecrae is doing and all that. I said, I've been... You guys are just hearing about Lecrae. I knew Lecrae when y'all even y'all were like twelve then, <laughs> you know. But he's doing his thing. But he's glorifying God with it. We can always look for ways to tweak things and make them work for the kingdom. All these things, cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. These are the things that we all face in life that are trying to contest with God in our lives. But we have to make up our mind that we want to overcome. So I want to share with you as I go on certain things that we need to know. Now I know I'm not going to get through it all, but I'm going to share a few of them. Things that we need to know, not in our head, in our hearts. Things that we need to know in our hearts that will help us to become the overcomer that God has called us to be. The first one is God's love. I want us to go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Certain things we need to know. Certain things that we need to know that will really, really help us in life. I'm going to be reading from verse 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now the scripture tells us here. He says, and we know. See, I believe that if you put those three words in your spirit today, this whole message will come back to you throughout the year 2021. And we know. If you put that part in your spirit man today, this message will keep coming back to you throughout 2021. Because there are certain things God wants us to know. Not in our head, in our spirits. There are certain things God wants us to become. Now let's start here, verse 28. I say, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Now, he's talking about people who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Now, if you are not a child of God today, online and you're watching this stream, God wants you to give your life to him. As we read on, you will see that God has made everything available unto you for you to get to know him. If you're in this hall here today and you haven't given your life to Christ, he's made everything possible for you to do that. The Bible says for those people who love God and walk according to his will, God will make all the things you are going through work out well for your good. 
It won't be for your, it won't be, be for your destruction. I've gone through so much in my life. But I look back today, I couldn't have made it here without God. But apart from that, I see what God has done. God has built patience in me. He has built character in me. He has helped me to know what is important in life. I still remember as a young man sitting back there trying to figure out what life was about. And then one day, the Holy Spirit gave me Proverbs 20, 24. I've still not forgotten it. This is maybe 20, 25 years ago. And you know, in that scripture, it was saying that man's ways are of the Lord. How can a man understand his ways? I can't understand my ways because my ways are from God. The Bible tells us Romans 8:28 that if we are love, if we love God, God will make all these things that we are talking about that we are facing in our lives. God will make them work out for our good. Now, God didn't say just sit down, sit back there. For example, you know, you need income. God didn't say just sit back at home and expect income to come to you. No, you still have to do the things you're supposed to do. Do the things you're supposed to do, but God will take care of you and he will make things work out. He will make things work out for you. Now, reading on, it says, for whom he did foreknow. Now, God foreknows everything. This scripture many times, it kind of confuses people. God knew the decisions we will all make. God does not influence your decisions. You make your decisions and you make your choices. But God knows what you're going to do. Now, it says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. He predetermined to become conformed to the image of his son. God knew the decisions we will all make, even before we were born. And he made opportunities come for us to receive Christ. You all feel me? God does not influence your decisions. God wants you to make your mind up what you want. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force you. If you are having any experience in your life today where you feel forced, that's not God. That's the evil one. God never forces you to do anything. God tells you, he suggests it, but he never forces you. Now the scripture is telling us that those that God knew ahead of time that they will want to serve him, he made it possible so that they could become like his son, Jesus. And so that his son, Jesus, could be the first among many who are called to him. Verse 30 says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, talking about those that God predetermined, them also he called. And whom he called, them also he justified. See, God knew the choices you were going to make, and then God made it possible for you to be called. If you're a child of God here today, God has called you. Don't look down on yourself. The almighty God has called you. My son, Caleb, God has called you. Don't look down on yourself. You might look like, oh, who am I, 13? But God has called you. Ken, God has called you. This, 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 this is the truth. He said he knew you were going to choose him. And because he knew you were going to choose him, he has now decided to call you. Then he goes on, he said, then he went further and justified you. What does it mean to justify? God declared you free. All those things, the baggage you were bringing from the world, all the sin, baby out of wedlock, evil, cursing, all the mannerisms, all the devil stuff. The Bible says God declared you free. He knew the choices you were going to make. He decided to call you as his child. Then he says, I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to declare you free. You are not guilty. Ooh. How good is it for God to just clean your slate? You are not go. You go to a court and you know you were, you were responsible for everything that went wrong. And the judge says, you know what? 
I've seen everything. I've seen your records. I've seen all the bad things you've done. You've been in jail a hundred times. You've used, you've abused, you, you, you know, you've done all these bad things. But you know what? Today I feel good. I'll, I'll let you go free. <laughs> How good is that? That is exactly what God has done for us. He justified you. He has declared you free. Then he goes on and says, and also he will glorify you. He will beautify you. He will honor you. Then he goes on. He says, what shall we then say to these things? What are these things? These things that God has now done for us. Since God has called us. Since God has justified us. Since God has set us free. He's beautifying us. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God is working for you already. Everything is making them work out well for you. So what are these things that want to stop you? That's what the scripture is saying here. He said, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He has not, he did, how many of you will let your son? I mean, how many of you will let your son die for anybody? Absolutely not. But God did that exact thing. So he's saying that if I could let, the Bible says greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his brothers. That is love in action. He laid down his son's life. He said, now how would he not with his son also give us everything that we need? God is, you know, Paul is building this case for the Romans here to really begin to see what is going on so that they can fortify themselves to become overcomers. Because if you have this understanding and you know these things, they help to ground you through those trials and tribulations and attacks and afflictions that come your way. He says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Those people who God has called. It is God that justified them. God declared them free. Verse 34, he said, who is he that condemns you? Some of us, we feel condemned because we feel we're not meeting the mark. But God says he has declared you free. Even when you have struggled, even when you have not been able to do everything right, God is not condemning you. I tell people all the time, God is not condemning you. If you are feeling condemned, if there's an accusing voice in your mind, it's the devil. It's not God. Because God has already set you free. He's telling you that he has made you, he has called you, he has declared you free, and he will glorify you. God is not the one condemning you. Whatever you did in 2020, However ways you have missed God, however ways you have gone away from God's spirit, maybe you have not been praying, you have not been spending time with God, you backslid, you say, you know what, I'm done with this, let me just live my life. God said, I'm not condemning you. I'm not the one condemning you. He said, who shall lay any charge to God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is reason again. Who is even at the right hand of God also making intercession for you now? Right now, he's interceding, praying for you. He called you. He justified you. He glorified you. And he says he's praying for you even right now to overcome that abusive situation in your life, to overcome that trauma. Somebody has trauma here right now. Holy Spirit says that. And that trauma, as you stretch out in faith, as we pray today, God is going to take the effects of that trauma away from your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody feels pain from his father. Your relationship with your father was not good. And that pain still comes up all the time. It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. Holy Spirit said today, he's going to heal you of that pain that you face. I had to go through that too. 
There's something they call the father wound when you have not had your dad in your life. Something called the father wound. God has to heal you of that. And I see Holy Spirit stretching his hand out. There's also a lady here right now. You are going through the same thing. There's a father wound. Holy Spirit said, I should put a name on it for you right now. He says it's called the father wound. That's what you feel. At nighttime, you cry. At nighttime, you cry yourself to bed because you feel so bad. You don't even know where the feelings are coming from. Several people are facing that right now. You don't know where these feelings just well up from. They just come up inside you and you begin to feel so bad. But Holy Spirit said, today, today, that is going to stop in the name of Jesus Christ because he's going to send his word of healing into your life. If you want to clap, clap for the Lord. Holy Spirit is moving in this place right now. I sense him moving right now. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, everything God has done in this part of scripture is because of his love for you. Because he loves you so much. That's why he's done all these things. He's now saying here, Paul is saying, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, suffering, shall distress, shall persecution? Because people don't like me. They call me names. I know what goes on in even kindergarten kids these days are so bad. Kindergarten. And they call their friends names. You say, you look at, look at how you look. Look at your ears. <laughs> look at your dad. Look at your dad. He doesn't have hair on his head. I mean, all kinds of little kids. It will amaze you the kind of things going on today. Scripture is saying, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall firm, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword? Will we let these things take away God from our lives? Take us away from the love that God has given us. He laid down his son. He's praying for us. He has called us. Some of us want to become great in life. But that desire was put there by God so that you could fulfill your life and your destiny. I never knew how to make it past 30, even 20, because I was sick. I became bones, y'all. My ribs were showing. Satan wanted to kill me. And apart from that, I faced two or three times in my life, death. I've been attacked. The enemy has tried to take me out several times. I know what it is. I know what it, fe it feels like to be about to die. I've gone through it. I know what it's like. But I'm still here. Because God wants me here. Who shall separate me from the love? Nobody can. No one, no devil, no situation can separate me from the love of my father. He loves me. He loves me. We need to know, not think, no, not think, no, not think, no, that he loves us. So much that whatever is going on in our lives, his love is stronger than those things. His love is stronger than your addiction. His love is stronger than your anger. His love is stronger than those people that are trying to take you away from him. God loves you so much. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He said, as it is written, for thy name's sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, nay, no, no, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than overcomers through he that loved us. We have overcome all these things that are trying to take us from God. We have overcome these things the enemy has as a raid to stop us. There are things the enemy has done to try and stop us. And he keeps trying to do to stop us. But the Bible says, oh, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. 
Now look at how he ends here. Verse 39, he says, he says, no, verse 38, he says, for I am persuaded. Oh, look, at, I like that language here Paul uses. That means that I have no shadow of doubt. There is no shadow of doubt in what I'm going to say right now. He says that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, that is talking about forces that you don't see with your physical eyes, nor powers, nor things that are present right now, that you are going through right now. He said, I am persuaded. I have no doubt. You all feel me? No doubt. Paul is saying, I have no doubt. He's talking from, do you know, that guy went through a lot himself. Christians didn't want to receive Paul because Paul, Paul to them was the enemy. They didn't like him. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. And he had to stand and say, look, that was my past. Today I'm an apostle. There was a place in scripture, he said, I've done no man no wrong. Really? You were killing people and now you say you've done no man no wrong. But he had to, he had to have the overcomer's mindset. He had to have the overcomer's mindset. He says, I've done no man no wrong. Even though I killed in my past, even though I had afflictions, addictions, even though I've done all these things in my past, today I'm a child of God. This is what Paul was saying. He said, neither things present nor things to come in 2021. Whether it ends up, we all end up taking the vaccine or not. Whether we end up having issues. Whether the transition process goes on well or not. To a new government. Whatever happens. He's saying here, he says, nor things to come. Nor heights, nor depths, Nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. It's the love of God that has kept us. It's the love of God that will help us to really become an overcomer. We need to know God's love. We need to know that he loves us so much. We need to embrace his love. A scripture in Ephesians 3 begins to tell us, Paul praying for the Ephesians was telling them how to pray. And that's something you can do in your life. Take some time to pray that God opens your eyes to really have a revelation and understanding of his love for you. God will do that for you and help you to really know that he loves you. Some of you, you don't feel loved. You don't feel anybody cares for you in this world. But it takes you to spend some time, God help me to really know your love. Help me to understand this love. Because some people have never experienced unconditional love in their lives. So they don't know what it feels like. But we can pray that God helps us to have this understanding. The second thing I want us to know, go to Hebrews chapter 4. I know I won't get through the whole thing, but I'll go as far as the Holy Spirit helps me. Hebrews chapter 4. A second thing I want us to know so that we can really begin to live this life over the overcomer. I'm going to read in verse, um, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is God's word. Verse 12 here says, for God, for the word of God is quick. The word of God is alive. The word quick there means alive. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I'm going to stop there. The Bible tells us that the word of God is alive. Is alive. When Jesus was preaching back in the day, the Bible says that he casted out spirits with his words. People were going through issues in their life and just the spoken word took them out. There were times when people came to Jesus and they wanted healing and Jesus told them that, well, right now you can go. The child is healed because of his words. And when they went back, the Bible told us that in the same hour, the child was healed. 
The Word of God is so powerful. The Bible says the Word of God is spirit and it's life. The Word of God is alive. As you're hearing God's Word, things are happening to you in the realm of the physical, in the realm of the spiritual. Even scientists have found out that there are chemical changes and things going on as you hear the Word of God. There was a, a survey they did one time in, um, about the whole thing about speaking in tongues. People were against it and all that. And they looked at people who were speaking in tongues. They, you know, they, they had a sample and then there was another set of people. And they began to see the changes that were going on in their neurological system and all the changes that were going on as they spoke in tongues. And they noticed how their bodies calmed down, how they felt more peace. All kinds of things were going on as they were speaking in tongues. The Word of God is powerful, y'all. When we let God's Word have its place in our lives, the Word of God will set us free and cause us to overcome from anything that we are struggling with in our lives. That's why we keep hearing the Word. That's why we keep coming to get more of the Word. You can never get enough of the Word because the Word is powerful. Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12 there verse 11, very popular part that we know, it says we overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. We speaking what we want God to do in our lives. Now the words of our testimony, where do they come from? They come from the hope and the trust we have in God's word. When God tells me I'm healed, I begin to speak it over my body, then that hope and that's, you know, expectation of change is coming from what the scripture has told me, that he took my infirmity and he took my sickness. The enemy tried to get me all messed up this last week, but I kept using God's word as just like you take a medication. I say in the name of Jesus, my body receives strength, my mind receives strength, my spirit receives strength. You see, he will always attack you. He knew today was coming and he wanted me to be out so that I won't be able to do what God wants me to do. Don't be surprised when the enemy attacks you, y'all. See, that's another thing. Christians get surprised. You, are doing, you want to have a breakthrough. You're doing something and you get surprised that the enemy comes for you. He doesn't want you to do that. Even the Bible tells you that once you hear God's word, something will come for that word. As you're hearing God's word right now, he has already begun to array things to come against you. But you will live here knowing some things. Hallelujah. And we know, and we know, and we know the word of God is powerful. It's quick, it's powerful. The Bible says he sent his word and his word healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. The word of God, he sent it. Ah, God is sending his word to us today, telling us who he is and who he has made us. He's sending his word to us right now. God's word is the ultimate, y'all. God's word is powerful. I thank God for God's word every day. I don't know where I'll be without the word. I mean, the word tells me who I am. The word tells me what I can become. The word tells me who God, who God is and tells me that I have overcome. The word tells me that. The word tells me who I am. The thing, third thing I want you to know, and it's likely I'm going to end on this point because of my time, is your identity, man. This has become a huge problem now because the enemy has gone all over the world trying to confuse people of their gender, trying to confuse people who they are identity. When we talk about identity, we are talking about knowing who you are. We need to know who we are as children of God. We can't be confused about who we are. 
Yes, we are in this world. Yes, we're wearing the same clothes like the unbelievers wear, but we are not unbelievers. We are not the same with them. We have the power of the Most High God working in our lives. We have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of us. We are able to speak things and they're able to come to pass. We are able to change circumstances and situations around us. He said he has given us authority. He has given us power. We can speak to sickness and cause it to die. Oh, I spoke to sickness all over, my, all over this last week because the enemy was trying to get me sick so I can't do what God is telling me to do today. I cursed it. You all know me, I get violent like that. That's where I learned to fight. Let me tell you. See, people are like, uh, Minister Femi, sometimes you're aggressive. Yes, I got to be. If you fought like I have fought, you have to be aggressive. The enemy doesn't like you. The enemy hates you. He wants to kill you. And you get aggressive in prayer. You get aggressive with God's word. You don't play with that stuff. Don't play with sickness. Oh, I'll just lay down in bed today. I'll go next week. I'll go next week. You go next week. You will miss this word today. And he wants you to miss your blessing. He wants you to miss all God has for you. He doesn't want you to be happy. You curse that spirit. Tell it to get out of your house. Confusion going on in your house. Tell that thing to leave. Your kids are acting up. Begin to speak. Begin to speak to your kids. You will serve God. You will do the will of God. You notice you and your partner, things are going on. And you guys keep, you know the enemy is there. He's the one causing the conflict. It's time to get busy. It's time to do something in the realm of the spirit. Deal with that stuff. Now we're talking about the identity question. John chapter 1 verse 12. Let's read it really quick. Running out of time. John chapter what did I say, John chapter 1? Is somebody getting something from the word of God today? John chapter 1, we read in verse 12. The Bible says, but as many as received him. That's all you need to do. Those online, you are not saved today. You are not a child of God. Look at what the scripture says in John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, he gave them the power, the right he gave them the right to become sons of God. You don't have to be all cleaned up. You don't have to have become perfect. He says, as many as received him, he gave them the power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. You just have to believe in his name. And you cross over from death to life. You cross over from being a failure to a success. You cross over from being defeated to successful. He says, as many as just believed in his name. To them, he gave the right. He gave them the right. He gave them the right to become his son. I'm a son. I'm not a bastard. I'm a son. Yes, I've done wrong in my life, but I'm a son. I've done bad things. Yes, but I'm a son. I failed God so many times, but yes, I'm a son. I've not reached the standard of God many times, but I'm a son. It doesn't change my identity. I'm still a son. I'm still a son. I'm still a son. I dye my hair green. I dye my hair yellow. I have tattoos all over my body. I'm still a son. You might not like it, but I'm a son. You can't take that from me. That's who I am. You can't take that from me. You can't take that from me. I'm a son. He told me if I believe. Look at verse 13. Which were born not of blood. These people he's talking about were not born of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. They were born of the will of God. If you become a child of God, God is the one that has willed you to where you are today. Come on. They are sons. 
First Peter, I'm not going to go there because of my time. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 talks about the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. We are being born again by the incorruptible seed of God's Word. God's Word got us saved. That's our heritage, y'all. We have a spiritual heritage. You might not like where you're from in the natural realm. You might have conflict like Peter had. Peter was a fisherman from Bethsaida. But he, had, he saw himself as, a, it wasn't the fact that he was, his occupation was fishing. It was the fact that he thought his whole life was about fishing. See, this is what happens to many of us many times. We get our identity from where we are from. We get our identity from the things we have gone through in our lives. We get our identity from the struggles, from the things that, oh, I'm, I, can't, I can't do this. I can't. That's where we get our identity from. But I'm telling you today that your identity is a spiritual one because you're a child of God. God has given you a spiritual identity and his son has died for you to give you this identity. You are not what the world says you are. You are not a failure. Peter thought he was just a fisherman, but Jesus told him, come, let me teach you and let me help you to see who you really are. When Jesus met him, he caught more fish than he had ever caught before. That caught his attention. See, God is going to do some things in your life that will catch your attention. I thought somebody would say amen. He's going to do it so that he catches your attention. He did that to Peter. He caught his attention when he caught all that fish. He was like, huh? Then he was alert. God said, you know what? Let's go catch people now. Let's go catch people now. See, we can't let, you know, social media is very nice. We have you know, social media. We do a lot on social media. Social media is a blessing. But you know what I've seen that is happening now? I heard of some case of young people who died, who killed themselves because somebody they said something about them on social media. And they took their life. Our young people today, they are getting their identity from social media. And this is a problem. There's nothing wrong with social media, but the issue is we can't let social media take our identity of who we are. Now it's all about likes and views. If I don't have the likes, then I feel bad. If I don't have the views, then I feel bad. But your identity is not likes. Your identity is not views. It doesn't matter if people don't view your stuff. You, you put your stuff out there. God will use it the way he uses it. But we can't let that define our lives. We can't let the likes and all those things define who we are. We are more than likes. We are more than views. You hear me today? We can't let those things define who we are. Many of us are on social media. We see all the stuff going on on social media. We can't let that control our lives. We are children of God from heaven. God has called us for such a time as this. We have work to do here on earth. We have many people around us, our family members that need to be saved, that need to know who God is. God has called us. He has declared us free so that we can be free to do the things he wants us to do. He has healed our bodies. And if you're not healed today, he will heal you before you leave this place. He has delivered you from the plans of the enemy over your life so that you can be free to help other people and to bring people into God's kingdom. That's why God has done all these things for us. You know, everywhere Jesus went, he kept telling them who he was. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was defining who he was. We need to begin to speak who we are. We begin to say what God has said about us. I am a son. I'm a child of God. I have a spiritual heritage. I'm not an addict, addicted person. I'm not an alcoholic. No, that's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm struggling with this thing, but I am not. It doesn't define who I am. I have problems with this, but this is not who I am. I'm a child of God. I have issues with relationships. I'm always getting into relationships and getting out of relationships, but that's not who I am. Let's rise up today. Let's rise up today. We're out of time.
I want you to take some time and talk to God. Wherever in your life you are facing issues, wherever in your life you are going through difficulties, I want you to begin to talk to God in, about those areas right now. Begin to talk to God about those areas. If you are online today and you are, you are not a child of God, I want you to take a moment and pray to God today and say, Jesus, you told me that if I believe in you, if I receive you, you have given me power to become a son. So I want you to take some time and pray today. Jesus, I'm broken. Jesus, I'm addicted. You know me. You know my stuff. You know I got stuff. But today I pray the, the prayer. I ask you into my heart. I ask you into my life. People here today who are not saved, pray the, that, that prayer. Tell Jesus to come in today. Tell him to become the Lord of your life. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. It doesn't matter what the sin is. You shall be saved. You killed somebody before you came here today. You shall be saved. And if you were on the fence, you really didn't give your life, and you were backsliding, whatever the situation is, come back to him right now. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.